0: You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Rutland. We are a growing community living out God's radical love.
1: There's such a sweet presence of the Lord in this room right now. And I just am so thankful for it. Father, we just invite you to dwell here this morning. We give you, like I said earlier, we give you our full attention. We fix our eyes upon you. Lord, have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. That is one of my all-time favorite worship songs. Um... Uh, I just love declaring that song. The Lord uh, woke me up this morning thinking about mercy and uh, just how merciful God is. Just about how I need His mercy every single day. And where would I be if God didn't have mercy on me? If you're already a a believer in Jesus right now, I just want you to like ask yourself that like silently, like, where would I be without the mercy of of Jesus? Because I can tell you, I would be nowhere good. <laughs> I would be nowhere good. It is a scary, scary thought to think about where I would be if, 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 uh, if God hadn't had mercy on me. Because I'm a pastor now, but let me tell you, I, I, I did some rebel rousing in my day. There's a the Lord brought to this to me uh, this story and. And in a moment, we're going to take communion together. We didn't. We usually do it at our family style gathering every uh, at the first Sunday of the month. Uh, we didn't do it last week because we had the anniversary party, but we definitely don't want to miss out on the Lord's supper. So um, we're going to take communion in just a moment. But I want to set up our our time of communion with this, and I, I just was reflecting on mercy, and the Lord brought this story to me. Um, in Luke chapter 15, you don't have to turn there, but Jesus is telling a story to some people, and uh, there's there's a father who has two sons. I have two sons, and um, 16 and 13, and boy, are we in the thick of it right now. Um, but uh, there's this father who has two sons, and the younger son comes to the father and says, Yeah. Uh, you know, I want everything you're going to will me after you die now. I want it now. Now, I've done some bold things in my life, but I've never done, I've never done that. Now, before, before we go and judge him, like, I have done some bold things. Let me say that, you know. But this younger son goes to his father and says, Father, give me my share of the estate And the father, surprisingly, does it. He gives the son his portion of his estate, of the father's wealth. And and in verse 13, you know, it continues on. Jesus continues on in the story. And the younger son, he sets off for a distant country. And he blows all of his inheritance and wealth in wild living. Wild living. And after everything was spent, there was a great famine where he was at. And and it was just so severe, and he began to be in need. That's what verse 14 says. All of his money, all of his inheritance was gone. There was... A severe famine in this land. And, and verse fourteen said, after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. And he longed, to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When I reflect on my life, I can think of a few times where I, where I resonate with that, that kind of despair in the choices that I've made. Verse 17 continues on, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to prepare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, see, the father was looking, the father was waiting. The father wasn't just uh, sitting by idly or forgotten all about his wicked son who ran off with his inheritance. The father had his eyes on the horizon. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine who was dead is alive again and he was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. See, I don't know where you're at in your walk with God right now. I don't know if you're firmly planted in Jesus. I, or I don't know if you're far off from Jesus. But here's the thing, is that the Father is always waiting. The Father is always got his eyes on the horizon waiting for his son or his daughter to come home. And when you do, he welcomes you. Not only does he welcome you, but he will run toward you and meet you. And all of heaven will celebrate. So as we take communion today, Let that reflection on God's mercy be at the center of your time in communion because you are never too far off. You're never too far gone not to be welcomed back by the Father. John 14, 1 through 7 says this, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms, and if it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, if you really know me you will know my father as well from now on you do know him and have seen him see this table right here the bread and the cup it represents the way it represents the lord's mercy that Jesus came down to give us grace the bread Represents his body that was broken for us on the cross. And the juice represents his blood that was spilled. And so when we take it. And as we prepare our hearts before we take it. We remember that the mercy of God was paid for through Jesus. The grace that is brought to us was brought by Jesus, because the Father loves us so much he was willing to give his only begotten Son. Isaiah 53.5 says this, but he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, and the punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Jesus as we prepare our hearts right now to take communion to participate in this sacred moment of Jesus followers lord we give thanks for your mercy we give thanks that it is new every day and just like the father that Jesus spoke about you are always looking to the horizon ready to welcome us in. Father, deepen this communion experience by the gift of your Holy Spirit's presence. Father, we love you. And it's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And so Jessica's going to play a little, and uh, as you feel led, um, come forward and take your elements back to your seat, and I just encourage you to savor the moment. There's a table, there's two tables up front and one in the back, and uh, come as you feel led. Thank you for the gift of your grace and mercy through Jesus Christ. Thank you for the sweet presence that is here now. Amen. So we're going to do something a little different that wasn't a part of the original plan a week ago. Um, uh, We're going to move into a time of prayer now, and I just want to set up our time of prayer with a few thoughts um that that the lord has really been pressing on my heart in the last few days and uh it, now that we've gotten our hearts right with god um i feel like it's a good opportunity for us to turn to prayer and uh it was just 6 days ago last monday that a massive earthquake Uh, devastated south-central Turkey and northwestern Syria. And um, since then, as of this morning, I don't know if you've been watching the numbers, but the death toll is up to 33,000 people have died. And it's still counting. Which is honestly a number that makes me want to crumple up in a ball and just, like, weep, right? Um... Because as much as our cultures are drastically different from that of of Syria or Turkey, um, these were mothers and fathers and children who carried God's breath of life in their lungs. Too often when disasters happen like this, the first thing, the first action we Christians sometimes take is to post to social media thoughts and prayers. And I've done it. I don't mean to shame anybody who's done it. Thoughts and prayers, it's something that we've gotten in the habit of of doing, and it's fine in theory, but the world has seen too many times that those words are posted thoughtlessly and prayerlessly. we can be so quick to post without actually taking the time to think of the people who are in devastation and we and without actually praying about anything and that needs to stop if we're going to say we're praying we need to pray we need to take the action of prayer. That's that's what I, I, I years ago I tried to get in the habit of never telling anyone I'm praying for you in person. Uh, maybe I'll message it to him or something like that. But if I'm in person, I just do it because it's too easy to say it and not do it. Right, and so. These words have been posted over and over again, and culture has caught on to the fact that these words sometimes are posted thoughtlessly and prayerlessly, and that has got to change. The followers of Jesus Christ should be known for prayer and action. One action Jesus called us to do is to love our neighbor as ourselves. Love our neighbor as ourself. And as the Apostle Paul points out in Romans 12, verse 9, love must be sincere. And later on in Romans 12, verse 15, he says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And I got to tell you, I've been mourning And so today, we as a community are not just going to say we are praying for Turkey and Syria, but we are going to take action and do it. Are you with me? When things like this tragedy happen, it's easy to feel overwhelmed and It's hard to know what to pray like in my own prayer life. I'll just be honest with you guys. I've had very little words of my own lately. I've been leaning on the prayers of the saints and I've been leaning on the Psalms and I've been leaning on other people's words because I just haven't had my own words for whatever reason, but I'm not going to let that stop me from praying. It's hard to know how to pray in these scenarios, but today we have some very specific prayer requests sent in from fellow Christians within the disaster zones. And at the end of each prayer, later on when we we're going to do a corporate prayer, I'm going to I'm going to teach you a, a, a Greek phrase that I'll say, and you will say the English translation. But for now, right now, what I want to do is I want to invite up the people who I've, I've asked to share this prayer time with. And would you just go into just an attitude and mindset of prayer right now? Um, and uh, Danielle, Ricardo, and Teresa, we're just going to pray over this whole situation. And then together, we're going to say, Uh, 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 a corporate prayer. And so um, let me just uh, start us off. Father, when we don't know what to pray for, Lord, your word says that the spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And so, Lord, my heart is groaning right now for the lost uh, families who have lost members of their families. Jesus, for the devastation. Lord, we look to you and we say, have mercy.
0: Father God, I come to you in my own inadequacy. I sit in my wholeness and my comfort and I look at the devastation and I know that for me it is absolutely unfathomable that I would look at someone in the worst moments of their lives in some of the simplest moments of my own and try to intercede just seems impossible and yet you're not surprised that this happened you knew before every need that would come to you lord these are not numbers to you these are souls you care about yes. blessed are the more the, those who mourn because they will be comforted and you are there mourning with them lord and yet you also see all of this devastation and we only see the pain and the tragedy, but you see the eventual triumph. You know where this will go, Lord. You know who will be saved. You know all of the goodness and glory that will come out of something that we cannot begin to see. We know that there are people on the ground. They're working diligently, and in them, you shed your light in the darkness. Yes. We ask for their endurance, Lord. In so much of what they're doing, the frigid temperatures, the unthinkable things that they're seeing, the hunger, the thirst, the crying, the mourning, the tired bodies, Lord, the brokenness that they're seeing, we ask for their endurance. And we ask that you bring hopefulness to the hopeless in just the love that you pour out in all the people who are going to help, Lord. We ask that you guide us in our prayers so that we would know how to pray for your people. Because we're here, and we don't know what that's like. We haven't experienced that devastation, but yet we have had terrible moments in our own lives. And the truths that you revealed to us in our terrible moments apply to those who are experiencing the worst moments in their own. We ask that you help us to remember in the heaviness of everything that is happening around us, that you are still a good God. That you are still a God who will triumph no matter how desolate it seems. You, Lord, will be glorified. You have already gone to the other side of this, Lord. You know how this ends. And we ask that you give us all hope As we move through this, and we ask that you give those who are dealing with this every moment of every day when it seems inescapable to know that hope and triumph are on the other side, Lord.
2: Father God, Lord, I lift up the leadership in those countries, Lord. This has been a war-torn country for so long, Lord. There is so much hostility on the ground, Lord, and I just pray, and I know that you are moving there, Lord, that you would put your heads of protection over the workers that are there, Lord. Your hands and feet are on the ground, Lord, and I just pray that they would see you through all this darkness, Lord. I pray the name of Jesus will triumph over all gods on that region, Lord. You told us that we would see tragedy in this world, Lord. But you also told us that we are not alone. Your spirit guides us. Your spirit protects us. And your spirit goes before us, Lord. You have equipped us to fight, Lord. And we are fighting a battle that is not of flesh and blood, Lord. So, Lord, I just pray that your, the hearts of this leadership would just melt, that they would allow your hands and feet on the ground, Lord. They would allow the movement of your spirit to just reside there, Lord. I pray over those who have lost loved ones. I pray over those children who are now orphaned in such a terrible way, Lord. But I know That you are with them and you will protect them and you will be with them, Lord. I pray over any evilness that is there ready to rise up, Lord. I pray in your son Jesus' name that they would be banished. That the spirit would not move in that region, Lord. Evilness will be a bay because the name of Jesus is prayed over that nation, Lord. Lord, I pray over our families here, Lord, who are affected by this directly. They have family there, Lord, that is still there. So, Lord, I just pray that your spirit comforts, your spirit pours out love and hope. That we will see the glory of your name shine when all is said and done there, Lord. I pray that you give us peace and comfort while here, Lord, being that we cannot physically be there, but our hearts and our spirits are there with them, Lord. And we pray that through our prayers, Lord, that you move mightily and the world will see and know that it is because of Jesus that we are healed.
3: Um, I want us to do two things. Uh, we're going to pray, still continue praying, stay in a moment of prayer. But I want us to to pray for a specific family uh, that's that's been affected over there. Um, and I want us to pray for us to not be apathetic, but to be empathetic. Because I know that's that's easy to fall in there, especially in this world where right now so much happens. There's shootings, there's you know there's war uh, Ukraine Russia there, there, there's always something else and, and you can get numb and, and almost you want to you feel like you and you sometimes should disconnect with so much information overload but here's where I was this week I realized yesterday morning Saturday that I had not really taken time to even pray properly for Turkey and Syria I felt convicted by that um like I had been praying throughout the week, just you know, regular, unspecific prayers, and maybe I had mentioned that, maybe not. I don't know. It was in the back of my mind, but I was just too busy, and I feel really convicted about that. And the the, the app that we often talk about here, the Lectio 365 app. Yesterday, for those of you that use it, you saw that it was a big prompt to pray yesterday for Syria and for Turkey and to kind of move our hearts, and I felt especially convicted about that, and as I was praying, um, I just felt inclined by God to think about what if it had been me, what if I'd be discovering lost family members in the rubble, what if I'd be discovering my life shattered, and I prayed over that, and it's, it's just so strange that as the day progressed later on Facebook, I find that one of my colleagues from grad school, he, he posted this. This is what he said. His name is Mustafa Erdem. He lives in the States. He's from Turkey, but he posted this. Sadly, I lost my brother and four nephews. Yavuz, five years old. Adam, seven years old. Defne, 11 years old. Busra, 16 years old. And top ten in his high school. And my brother, their father, Mehmet, 49 years old. They all died in an apartment they just bought. The apartment is only a one-year-old building, and according to eyewitnesses, it fell suddenly during the first shake. And and, and it just I just felt like God was showing me, even if you feel like this is far away from you, it's not. That's the case for all of us. And so Let's pray over Mustafa's family, but also let's pray for ourselves. Father, we pray for Mustafa Erdem, who's lost his brother, 49 years old, Mehmet, who lost a nephew, the son of Mehmet, uh, Yavuz, Adam, 7 years old, Defne 11, Busra 16 years old. That Mustafa, in some way, would feel your comforting presence as Jesus wept, that that he would sense you weeping there. This is not of you. But we know that you flipped the script on the enemy, Father. And I pray that somehow right now, that not theology would be spoken to these victims, but that love and embrace of those workers in the regions, of those churches in the regions would partner around these victims, that your loving presence would be felt mourning with them, comforting them. Uh, May people here in the States help Mustafa's family in any way, help Mustafa if, if expenses or any other resources are needed for any surviving family members, that people would move into action. Father, move us. I pray, move us. We have someone close, whether we know it or not. We have people that we might not know are connected to this. And even if we don't, Father, they are brothers and sisters. They are fellow image bearers. They bear the image of God. They were intricately woven in their mother's womb. And you call them. Father, we pray that you would move us to to grieve, to spend time with it. Yes, to also protect ourselves from information overload and so much devastation, but also to sometimes step into the gap and be the sufferer, just like you did, Jesus. You suffered in our place. You stepped into the gap. That's right. And so that we would step into the gap, that we would have a moment today where we step into the gap and we mourn and say, Father, why? Why? <laughs> And yet, be glorified. And yet, do great things. Flip the script on the enemy. Rise people above the circumstance of death, loss, pain, and loss of resource and loss of housing. Move us not just into prayer, Father, but in any way that we can help financially. It's just a few bucks that we can spare and donate that we would do that, Father, that we would find good organizations that would help with that. So keep us not apathetic, but empathetic. May we empathize with them, step into the gap and pray for them and help Mustafa's family. We pray all of this in the name of the Father, of the
1: Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you stand... As we do this uh, congregational prayer, uh, at the end of each prayer, these are specific prayer requests from people who are boots on the ground through the 24-7 prayer movement. And uh, these are specific prayers that they requested the church worldwide pray. And at the end of each prayer, I'm going to read it And I'm going to say, Kiri iliaison, which the English translation of that is, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. So I'll say, Kiri iliaison. And you'll say, Lord Lord have mercy. God of compassion. You who weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn, hear the countless cries rising to you from Turkey and Syria today. So many lives have been shattered, so many hearts broken, and we feel overwhelmed. But you are a mighty Savior. So we ask you now... To save. God of all mercy, have mercy. Kiri liaison. King of kings, we pray today in line with 1 Timothy 2, verse 2. For the president of Turkey and the president of Syria, that their governments will cut through the bureaucracy. And lead courageously, granting free access to the aid agencies seeking to serve on the ground. God of all mercy, have mercy. kiri eliaison. Prince of peace and God of shalom, in the chaos of this crisis, we cry out for divine connections and a spirit of cooperation instead of competition. Would you supernaturally streamline the important relationships between NGOs, suppliers, churches, and other agencies for the sake of those who are suffering the most? God of all mercy, have mercy. Quere liaison. Holy Spirit, you who brooded over the formless void and created order, protect and provide for those who are grieving, those who are homeless, and those bringing emergency relief. I pray also for your church in these ancient Bible lands. Anoint your people at this time to bring good news to the poor and to bind up the broken hearted. God of all mercy, have mercy. Quere liaison. We gather these prayers in the Lord's Prayer, asking that Christ's kingdom would come in Syria and Turkey, that those bereaved would know the Father's love that daily bread would be distributed and that those displaced would be delivered from evil. And so we all join together in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Would you say amen? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And so I want to encourage you today, as we wrap this time up, there are action steps that the church can take, that we as individual believers can take. We should be known for prayer and action. And so the first action that we can take is we, we just took it, prayer. I encourage you to continue to pray over this situation, this devastation in your own daily prayer walk. But another action you can take on your own is to consider giving to trusted relief organizations. An organization called Kama is the disaster relief arm of the Christian and Missionary Alliance, which is our denomination. And we've worked with Kama when we've gone overseas on our missions trip. We've served some people from Kama, and they're wonderful people who really serve the least, the last, and the lost. And um, Kama is part of our denomination, and there's a flyer at the Connect center that has a QR code that can take you to secure and trusted giving that will go to the relief efforts. Another way that, and this may not be for everybody, it may not be for anybody in this room, but I'm not going to be accused of not being bold enough to say it, is that another way we can take action is to consider going to help with relief efforts um, with trusted organizations. Not everybody can drop what they're doing and go, but I urge you to at least just ask yourself or ask the Lord, Lord, are you, are you sending me? Am I gifted in a way that I could help? You know, I, I think it's important that we we ask ourselves that from time to time. And so the three action steps that I would encourage you to continue to think about and pray about over these Uh, as this crisis continues to unfold, is to pray, consider giving, and ask God about going. It's as simple as that. I know this week, this Sunday, has been really heavy, and it's kind of like a U-turn from last week's party, but I feel like It was really important that we do this today because our church claims to be a multicultural, multi-generational church. We have people from all walks of life, all cultures here. We may be small, but we are rich in culture. And uh, it's something that we cherish about this place, actually. That it's not just built for one type of individual, one type of individuals one uh, yes something words anyways you get the point but uh, as we continue on in worship now I would just uh, encourage you to go before the Lord and, and just continue to lift these these people up